Cousin Reverend Norman Vince Lombardi. Jesus Christ and Mr. Bean are at my party. At my party. Mary Kate and Master Yates and Tia Body. Magistrates and pretty cakes made by mommy. Goosey Who's and Looky Loos are at my party. At my party. Icky Pop and Dr. Spock and Bonaduce. Cactus Goose and Lenny Bruce and Fresh Sushi. Daniel Boone and Marky Twain drink my party. At my party. You're listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there the smart shoppers from Green Bay, and they actually sent me a note with some amazing records. And the note reads, Dearest Nardwar, I would be oh. So very happy if you were to listen to these three records. Also, I would be even more pleased if you found some enjoyment in doing so. And we just heard right now, brand new from the Smart Shoppers. Thank you, Joseph. 
Bevel out of bounds, a double shot with Looking Glass. On the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show, The Smart Shoppers. Today on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show, an interview I did with Daniel Johnson in 2009 at the comic shop in Vancouver. In memory of Daniel Johnson, who passed away a few days ago. An interview that I did from 2009 when he was in Vancouver. And I also had him play a quick number, Grievances, at the comic shop, 2009. Again, in honor of Daniel Johnson. An interview coming up. Right now, I'm going to play something that was sent to me by Voodoo Rhythm Records from Switzerland. Here are the jackets, brand new from the jackets, with Losers Lullaby on the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show.
And you're still listening, I hope, to the Nerdwar, the human serviette radio show. We just heard right there two tracks from the Hypnotics. We heard all yesterday's party and before that, our generation. And thank you, Dave and Mike, for sending me those LPs recorded in Windsor, Ontario. And before that, the Jackets with Loser's Lullaby on Voodoo Rhythm. Coming up, The Baptist from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, with the tune from the Sather Lord release called Beacon of Faith on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show.
You're listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And that there was erosion from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, with We Have Failed Us. And before that, erosion with Deep in Hell. And before that, their good friends, erosion's good friends, the Baptists with Beacon of Faith. Right now, to prepare you for an interview with Daniel Johnson, I thought it would play Witch's Hammer from 1985, their entire demo from 1985. And they're actually from North Delta, British Columbia, Canada, Witch's Hammer. And if you want to hear an interview with Witch's Hammer, check out Nardwar.com for an interview with Witch's Hammer. Also, check out this podcast for an interview with Witch's Hammer in the archives. And if you check it out and you kind of like, I could do that, well, please join CITR. You can become a DJ. You can spin music. You could interview people. You could do news or sports. You could just hang around CITR. So please get involved. If you can do it, I can do it. If Narva can do it, you can do it. Anybody can do it. Actually, if Nardwar can do it, anybody can do it. So right now, to prepare you for an interview with Rest in Peace, Daniel Johnson, here is Witch's Hammer from 1985. Their demo tape, their entire demo tape, pretty much all of it. Well, a couple tracks from their demo tape, and they're from North Delta, British Columbia. The mockers hollow with the costumes play must abide. The children of the room ladies who mock the power. But now the kiss fall and summon you. Come to me, my child, see my steel. Look into my eyes, see who I love. Toss her to me. Toss her to me.
Who are you? I don't know. It's hard to tell. You are Daniel? Yeah, I've heard that. That must be me. Daniel Johnson. That's right. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Daniel Johnson. Good. Thank you very much. I have a gift for you right off the bat from the Vancouver band Cub. Here it is, their 7-inch Betty Cola. Oh, that looks good. That looks pretty good. With cover art by Dan DiCarlo. Oh, no kidding. That is cool. He's great. I love those. I buy RC comics a lot. Those girls look so foxy. I always buy them. And you know what's really, am and you know what's really amazing about it? They actually cover, and I got another gift for you. This is on their CD. They cover Tell Me Now. All right. By Daniel Johnson. How about that. This is great. And they're from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. What do you think about that, getting Dan DiCarlo? Yeah, yeah, he's cool. I mean, those girls look like real foxes, babes on that. Uh, the comics. And they have some great lyrics. Draw girls. So. They have some great lyrics too, Daniel. One of them is, Satan sucks, but you're the best. Oh my. That's I don't their lyrics. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, hmm. That's a Vancouver, BC, Canada lyric. Yeah, okay. And here we are in Vancouver, home of Boris Karloff. Hmm? No, he grew I, up here. I think I met him one night. We were at a pizza shop and, and I left the slice, uh, and he was looking at the slice on the uh, table, and I said, are you Boris Karloff? But it couldn't have been, you know, he'd been dead for so long, I guess, but it seemed like it was really him. It was weird. He did work in Vancouver at the Pacific National Exhibition. Guess what else happened? Uh, I was doing a show the other night, and Elvis Costello came out and sang a song with us. No way! It really happened. It was great. I was actually emailing his manager and telling him to do that. <clears throat> That's great. Well, thank you. When did that happen? How many nights ago? Uh, two or three nights ago. Oh, that's incredible. We'll have to get the footage and cut to that then. That would be cool. We, we were eating, we were traveling and everything, and there was just this guy always sitting at the restaurant, you know? And about the third day, I took a look at him. I said, hey, that's Elvis Costello. I didn't realize. You know? You've said that Elvis Costello has been in your band, haven't you, a few times. You've joked about that. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember that. But, but back to Boris Karloff. He worked at the Pacific National Exhibition, and I have another gift for you. And check this out. This is the Beatles playing in Vancouver. That is so cool. Thanks so much. That's on my wall. Playing where? At Empire Stadium in Vancouver. Oh, that is so cool. Boris Karloff worked at the PE. Brothers, Jackie, uh, the excitement. <laughs> Okay. Now, it doesn't stop there, Daniel Johnson. I have another gift for you, another P&E Vancouver gift. Okay. Check this out. We have here a record of Beatles interviews. Are you at the Beatles interview? Yeah, I sure am. I collect Beatles all that. Beatles interviews. Lucked out today. Now, check this out, Daniel Johnson. It is Beatles interviews in Seattle and Vancouver. Seattle and Vancouver, specific Beatles interviews. Yeah, that's Some great. local content. Yeah. I guess that's what I was wondering about. I was looking at the devil and Daniel Johnson, and I saw this record on your Christmas tree, Ed Rudy. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can tell the people about hanging Ed Rudy on your Christmas tree. This is like a spoken word record, the spoken word Beatles thing. Freaky Christmas that, that year. So. 
That's, can I have this too? Uh, that maybe isn't quite for you. In there. Some of the interviews are actually on the CD. That'll be cool. You can actually check out. And that's what I want to ask you about. What do you think, Daniel Johnson, about records like this? Oh, it's yeah. not the Beatles, is it? I, I understand that, but they're, it's collectible. I have some a lot of Beatles sound-like records, and I collect them. That's the Liverpool. So, so have you been fooled ever thinking it is the Beatles? Well, uh, not really. But they, I've, like, like they have just a little bit more hair when the Beatles. It was funny because you know, it's it like they get a bunch of session men in for you know Beatlemania or they call it something. That's cool. And what's interesting is you on your new LP have a real connection to the Beatles, don't you, Jason Faulkner? Because he worked with Paul McCartney. Oh, that is unreal. He he had. Uh, uh, recorded recently with Paul McCartney or something. When he went in the studio, I laid down a lot of basic tracks, and he has a real Beatle feel to the music. So it's going to be. He worked with Paul. He worked with Paul McCartney. Is there any chance he could have got Paul McCartney to work on your album, Daniel Johnson? He would have told me if that happens, but I'm honestly missing by a few days. But did you once leave a whole bunch of tapes for Yoko Ono? Yeah, I went to Yoko's house and uh, no reply. <laughs> you left some tapes? Sure, I did. You know, shirts and stuff. Now, this Guitar Hero thing that's happening, Kurt Cobain wearing a Daniel Johnson shirt in Guitar Hero. What do you think about that? Do you get any cyber royalties for that? Well, you know, about, about that title, da Daniel and the Devil. You know, what is the Devil and Daniel? Man, that's hardcore. That'll, that's, that's got me tattooed for the rest of my life. It couldn't be worse, you know? How about the Guitar Hero video game? You know, the Guitar Hero video game has... They're starting a video game with the uh, characters that I draw and stuff. Well, the Guitar Hero one has Kurt wearing your T-shirt, and Kurt in that video game sings some Bon Jovi. Oh, cool. Kurt, uh, Star Trek sings Bon Jovi? Yes, yeah, some Bon Jovi on the Guitar Hero. That sounds great. And if you just step up here for a second, Daniel. Yeah. All right. You see down there, actually. I'm looking for some monster magazines. So go ahead. I'll still interview you. I'm just looking for, uh, they have, see if they have any monster magazines. I guess they don't. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for interviewing me. And, uh, well, I've got a couple more questions, and actually we have something that will be able to help you out. We have Cliff over here. Cliff is your number one fan in Vancouver. Come over here, Cliff, right? Hey, Daniel. And he wondered if you could trade some comics for some gig tickets tonight. We got a Action Comics number 269. Identity has been betrayed by Black Magic. Poor Superman. That's for you. Complete run of Black Goliath, issues uh, one through two. That is great. The party's over punks. There's a new yeah. superhero in town. Yeah. For you. Not quite a monster magazine, but a monster yeah, comic. How about that? That's a great cover. Who did that cover? I'm not sure. Rich Buckler. These are all gifts from Cliff. <laughs> right. For gig tickets. There's some Jack Kirby inside this monster comic, Monsters on the Prowl. That is cool. And for you? Sort of well, how many tickets do you want? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> how many tickets do you need? Uh, four, but... Uh, <laughs> well, tell my brother there, tell my brother, and he'll write your name down and, and let you in at the door. Oh, amazing. Very much. And the House of Secrets, uh, sort right. of a horror. Ice cream cone gone bad. And, right. the, and the final one, Archie in Vancouver yeah, at Expo 86. Yeah, the Archie's playing in Vancouver on stage. Oh, hey. We'll have to book more Canadian concerts. <laughs> Shouldn't we be singing in French? All done by Dan DiCarlo. Hey, do you speak more English now instead of French here? Or? It's 50-50. And one last one, Cliff, you have. A special one. Check this out, Daniel. Oh, that is nice. Veronica in Canada, wow, city hopping. Toronto, Vancouver, Halifax, Quebec City on tour like you.
No, Cliff is giving this to you, and a whole bunch of other comics as well. And I want to ask you, Cliff, you love smelling comics, don't you? I like the smell of comics, yeah. You like the smell of comics, Daniel? You know, when I'm looking at comic books, and like I look at some old comic books, like the glue that they used or something, I smell it too. I'm thinking, and it takes me back over the years when I was a kid and I bought the same comics. And I'll say, well, this is like, it's still got the feeling of that era. We still have some more comics for tickets, don't we? A whole bunch more, don't you, Cliff? All this. We'll give it to you. Well, I, I, let, me, let me see here for a minute. These are all gifts for you, Daniel Johnson, from Cliff in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Okay. All right. Now, you also love tapes, don't you, Daniel? Yeah. The hard, uh, yeah. I get, uh, I get a lot of demo tapes people send me. It's pretty funny. I'll, I'll put them on a lot and just listen to them while I'm eating or something. What's the best brand of tape? Because I noticed in your movie there were tons and tons of different brands. What's the best brand? Centron was really the best one. Uh, Yip Jump Music was recorded on Centron. Because there was Avanti too. There was Avanti. There was Sertron, Astrosonic. Right, yeah, but Chrome is one of the uh, most dangerous uh, tapes to use. You could die on it. Have you had some experiences with that? No, but I, I heard um, Leonard Skinner, Paul McCartney, and Leonard Skinner was having some trouble when I heard it because it making noise and you know, and it seems to make scratches on it too easy. Daniel, do you have any tips if somebody wants to tape somebody secretly? You did a lot of secret taping, didn't you? What are some tips for that? Well, I, I used to be like a um, multimedia artist is what I call myself. You know, I take a tape recorder around and record all my friends, and you know, some of that ended up on Songs of Pain. What about for taping somebody? Where do you hide the tape deck? Like, what were you using? Carry it around. I didn't have a you know just a regular. I'd just be carrying everything. You know, they, they got used, everybody got used to it, so, you know. <laughs> Daniel, you also worked at Astroworld. That's right. That place looked incredible, but now it's gone? Of no return. I don't know why they closed down. It was a big, really cool place, you know. Alpine Slate, it was like the Alpine Slate? Mm-hmm. And it had like an echo chamber in it, it got really cold? What was Astroworld like? Like you saw a flock of seagulls there? You saw some... Flock of seagulls. I played football with them before the show, even. Played football with flock of seagulls. What an image that is! Yeah. <laughs> were they any good? Oh, they were great. They had that, and I ran, I ran so far away. Now, from football with flock of seagulls to working in an oil refinery with a girl. What was that like working at the oil refinery with a girl? Well, there were girls at the oil refinery, so I made it kind of fun through the day to joke around and stuff. But like the other day when I tried, when you know you can't arrest girls too much. Like I, I've been gotten in trouble a few times with the stewardesses, and uh, you know, so I don't. I, I leave the girls alone. I don't bother them as much. <laughs> I used to just you know, have, them f have fun with the stewardess. You know, can you get me another drink? I have no, you know, something like that. Daniel Johnson, your artwork, is it still in your high school? Is it on the walls of your high school still? Oh, I don't know about that, but I'm in the yearbook and stuff. And I painted a bear. It took me all year to They wanted me to paint this bear. bear from our symbol was the bear, you know. And uh, I painted it. It took me like all year, and I just didn't go to classes and everything. And next year, they painted over it. <laughs> so maybe if they go under the paint, they'll be able to find it. Right, right. What was the first punk band that you saw, Daniel Johnson? Well, I saw The Clash. I saw Elvis Costello in the day. You know, some good shows there in Pittsburgh. Now, I was wondering, Daniel Johnson, what role did this gentleman have here in your life? Here we have Mr. Kim Fowley. 
all right this is cool i i never uh he wanted to do a record with me you know and i told him sorry i said uh yeah you know and so he wanted to see what i sound like in, in the studio that i could do some studio recording <coughs> and when i did i thought to myself i'd say hey i'll go ahead and record an album <laughs> so it was continued story was the album but i never really met him but he had a letter for me about i'd like to work with him someday you know very famous joan jett and cherry bomb song like that all right also i was wondering daniel johnson you have a song about record recording on your new lp don't you about records record store mm -hmm. yes i do what's that song about well it's about uh fake music <laughs> music, Daniel Johnson. On eBay recently, there was a test pressing, a Daniel Johnson Jad Fair test pressing for $5,000. Oh, man, that is unreal. Do you have any of those you could put on eBay? I really enjoyed that first album you and him did. We, uh, we do plan to get together again sometime. Daniel Johnson, you were on MTV, Cutting Edge. One person that doesn't get a lot of credit was the host of the show. What can you tell the people about Peter Zaremba from the Flesh Tones? He was the host. Do you remember him? That's right. Yeah, he was so cool. The flesh, I love the Flesh Tones. He got me on the show. I just showed up. They were having a lunch, you know, and we were all eating tacos, and I was, like, talking to him and holding up my tape to the camera and everything. Smooth sailing. I was famous. MTV. People talk about MTV, but the Flesh Tones. At the time. But it goes back to the Flesh Tones. Peter Zaremba. Yeah, I, I, I really like the music. I've heard them before, a, a bit of them. Do I get to have this? Probably not. Yes, that's for you. Thanks. I appreciate it. That'd be great. Daniel Johnson, at one time, did you almost have Lou Reed on one of your records? Well, that's another one. Just uh, br almost a brush with greatness. He was there a couple days in between I was recording, so you know, I missed him. But Mojo, M Mo Tuck Tucker was there, and we wrote a song for him. Me and Jad wrote a song for him. But you almost had Mo Tucker and Lou Reed on a Daniel Johnson record. It would have been cool. But you did have Willie Nelson's sister on one of your records. Yeah, that's true. Willie Nelson's sister. It's true. It's true. Hey, do you have some more comics for me? Uh, yeah. That's the last bit of comics for more free tickets for the gig tonight. All right. How, how many? Uh, how many? Are, are you want to go tonight? Okay. So how about I'll give you ten credit for ten. That's very generous of you, Daniel Johnson. What do we have here? We have a whole bunch of Jimmy Olsen, Cub Reporter, of course, for the Cub musician, Daniel Johnson. This is cool. The special gamma weapon, Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen, wrestling Viking. All right. Batman versus a skeleton. Yeah, that's great. Superman with no face, Batman with no yeah. face. Went wrong. Yeah, right. Do you have any of these at all? All right. Do you have any of these? No, I don't. These are, this is, these are just the kind of comics I collect. Thank you very much, yeah, sir. No problem. I, no problem. Uh, do you want more than 10? No, that's good. That's good. Uh, that's sure. amazing. I uh, sure thank you very much. And also, we have a gentleman here with you, Brett. Could we yeah. bring over Brett for a moment to do a song for us? You said you could do a song for us. Yeah, we can. I wanted you to do the song Tell Me Now, but you haven't been doing that recently, have you? Uh, that would be in honor of the band Cub. Tell me now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really remember it. This, oh, and welcome back, Carter. All right. <laughs> the Bible says never turn down a precious gift. So thanks. Daniel, here we are with Brett. Hi, Brad. Hi, Daniel. <laughs> and you got a tune for us. You sure do. This is an old song from Songs of Pain era. <laughs> if I had my own way, 
you be with me here today But I rarely have my own way I guess that's why you're not here with me today And the librarian said You can't buy no respect I said, hey lady, what can you expect When I'm lying on the floor Well, you're a lovely lady, but you don't want to be no girl of mine. Well, the only thing you ever done for me was help me waste my time. And I saw you at the funeral. You were standing there like a temple. I said, hi, how are you? Hello. And I pulled up a casket and called in. Yes, I did. Climbed up a mountain and I looked around. Some kind of circus with all them clowns. I said, hey, wait a minute, can't we slow down a bit? And I almost got hit by a truck. Well, it just goes to show you that we're all on our own. Scrounging for our own chair of good luck. Stab your brother in the back. And pick up your paycheck. Goodbye, lonely heart drawing You never did work anyhow I'm looking for a nice girl And I don't want no cow I'm heading out west Gonna find me the best Well, I played the game But I failed the test If I can't be a lover Then I'll be a pest Yes, I will Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you very much. Daniel Johnson, live at the comic shop. How about it? How about it? Live at the comic shop in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You know it. With yeah. bread as well. Yeah. Thank you very much for having us. A friend from uh, college. We went to college together. Well, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Daniel Johnson? Hmm. I don't know. Anything to add to the people? Uh, they used to say power to the people, right? I don't know. Right, right. Yeah. Power. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, Daniel and Brett. Keep on rocking in the free world. And do do the loot do. Yeah. Uh, cat me and do. Almost. Do do the loot do. Oh, do do. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, I, I really did pretty well with all this loot. Okay. I wanna win. Freedom talk of freedom. I'm just a whim. I'm so trapped in boredom. I touch the shore. How can I get there?
And you're listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Daniel Johnston from night. So actually, from 2009, and before that, an interview with Daniel Johnston from 2009, not 19, but 2009 from the comic shop in Vancouver, and that was dedicated to Daniel Johnston, who passed away this week. And before Daniel, we heard a little bit of the demo tape that Witch's Hammer did. And they are from North Delta, B.C., from 1985. We heard Tulsa Doom, Rabid Captor, Frozen God, and Witch's Hammer. And continuing to honor Daniel Johnson, I thought it would play right now a record of Beatles interviews because we talked about the Beatles and some Beatles interviews. This actually is a record put out by Ed Rudy, the American tour with Ed Rudy. And we're going to hear as much as you can take. So this is a documentary produced by Radio Pulse Beat News, the American tour with Ed Rudy in honor of Daniel Johnson. This is John Lanza and this is the top complete behind the scenes coverage of the Beatles in America by the fifth Beatle, Ed Rudy. This is one of the original four Beatles, John Lennon, saying thank you for the wonderful reception we've received in the United States and stay tuned for Ed Rudy's reports and as we tour the States. Okay, Ed. This is the audio story of the Beatles in America, a radio news documentary produced through the facilities of Radio Pulse Beat News. Here is the sound and substance of the world's hottest entertainment group. This is Ed Rudy reporting for Radio Pulse Beat News with the Beatles' American Tour. This is George Harrison of the Beatles saying, stay tuned for Ed Rudy's exclusive coverage of our American Tour. This is Paul McCartney of the Beatles saying, stay tuned. Red Rudy's exclusive coverage of our American tour. There were thousands of fans on hand as the Beatles arrived at Kennedy International Airport in New York. We asked some of them why they were there. How old are you? I am 18 and a half. And where do you go to school? I go to City College, and I want to welcome the Beatles to New York on behalf of City College and Tau Epsilon Phi. How old are you? 19. What do you think of the Beatles? They are great, amazing, fantastic. What makes them great? 
Oh, they are, they are tremendous. The music. How old are you? I'm 16. Why are you here? Because uh, everybody else is here. I don't know. Did you cut school to come down here? No, we have half day. You have half a day off? Yeah. I cut school. What do you think of the Beatles? I think they're great. What do you think of I think they're fabulous. We're from Arkansas. You're Arkansas. The Beatles. You came up from Arkansas. Oh, that's right. Last Tuesday morning, sir. How old are you? 18 years old. Hey. What? Are you from school in Arkansas? Yeah, University of Arkansas, Fayetteville. And you came up here just for the Beatles? Yes, sir. That's right. What do you think of the Beatles? Oh, they're okay. More than, I want to come see excitement more than anything else. How old are you? 16. Where are you from? Elmont, Long Island. We love the Beatles. We love them. We've been here for two hours. The Beatles' first American news conference was a complete success, and they parried every verbal thrust of the American newsmen. One of the first questions that we asked them was, are you embarrassed by the Beatlemania, the near lunacy that you create? And they answered. No, it's great. We like lunatics. Yeah, it's healthy. We then relayed a request from a young gal reporter in the room who wanted to hear them sing a song. In unison, they replied. No. Sorry. Next question. No, we need money first. How much money do you expect to take out of this country? Uh, about half a crown, two dollars. Depends on the tax. We then told the Beatles that it had been alleged that they were nothing but four Elvis Presleys, and they replied, "He must be blind." It's not true. It's not true. <laughs> Their long mop tops inspired us to ask if they ever got haircuts. No, no. I had one yesterday. <laughs> and that's no lie. That's the truth. Honest, that's it. You know, I think he missed. No? No, he didn't, no. You should have seen him the day before. Okay, it's one here. We got a rather surprising reply when we asked the Beatles how they accounted for their phenomenal success. If we knew, we'd form another group and be managers. <laughs> 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 the next question was, why do you sing like Americans and speak like Englishmen? That is English, uh, actually. It's not English, it's Liverpudlian, you see. Well, the, yeah. Liverpool, the Liverpool accent, so the way you say some of the words, you know, you say grass instead of grass. Grass? Well, that sounds a bit American. So there you go. Well, Liverpool Anyway, it sells better. The capital Ireland. <laughs> We then asked the Liverpudlian lads if they had heard of the Stamp Out the Beatle campaign being organized by a group of Detroit students and exactly what they intended to do about it. First of all, we're bringing out the Stamp Out Detroit campaign. Which, you know... Seriously, what do you intend to do about this Stamp Out the Beatle campaign? What about it? How big are they? Well, it's... But we're on your side. What do you think of Beethoven? Great. Especially his poems. <laughs> Before we packed up our microphones at the airport, we asked the lyrical Liverpudlian lads exactly when they felt they were going to retire. Next week. I don't know. No. no. We're going to keep going as long as we can. When we get fed up with it, you know, we're still enjoying it now. Any minute now. No. No, as long as we enjoy it, we'll do it. Because we enjoyed it before we made any money.
From the airport, they went to the Hotel Plaza in New York City. Outside of the hotel, we spoke to some of the many, many teenagers who were there assembled. <laughs> there are a bunch of teenagers here in front of the Hotel Plaza, right across the street where the police have chased them. And it's raining now. Why, why are you out here at this time? They're upstairs, right over there. Look, there he is at the window. Look, there he is at the window. Who, who's at the window? I think it's Ringo, Gringo. He's short, because he's short. There he is. Look at him. I swear There he is. Hey, and you're standing here in the rain just to take oh, a look at him? I can't. It's the Beatles. It's now a blizzard. I don't care. Well, what, what makes the uh, Beatles so great? Why are you standing here? I like right? the way they sing. You like the way they sing? How about their haircuts? Uh, I think they're real great, you know? They're 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 great. great. The hair's what yeah. makes them. It distinguishes them from all others. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> One of the prime reasons the Beatles came to America was to appear on The Ed Sullivan Show. And that, again, was a complete victory. The show received its highest ratings ever. While in New York, they managed to dine at the Posh 21 Club, go twisting at the Peppermint Lounge, and tour Greenwich Village and rented Hertz limousines. They also enjoyed the attention of the bunnies at the Playboy Club. During a break in the schedule, Radio Pulse Beat News microphones were on hand as we spoke with Beetle Road Manager Malcolm Evans. Have you been down to the Peppermint Lounge yet? I haven't been down, or the boys have been. Yeah, I, kn I know that they were there, and I know that they met a couple of young ladies there, one of the fellows was telling me. Uh, they haven't had, actually had any uh, chance to develop any real friendships uh, with gals since they've been in New York, or since they've been in America, really, have they? Oh, no. Life's been a bit too hectic since they've been here with press conferences, photograph sessions, you know, and we're not rehearsing for shows and traveling, you know. We don't get much time for romance. The Washington, D.C. Coliseum booked the Beatles for a one-night stand in the indoor stadium. They went down by train, and reaction at Union Station was so audio transmission equipment was smashed as we made the following narration. We're going to Union Station now with the Beatle party. There are thousands, literally thousands and thousands of teenagers, and they're mobbing the whole party. The police are being perhaps a little unnecessarily rough, not with the teenagers, but with the members of the official Beatle party, including Washington and New York Press. <laughs> We're walking under a sign saying, Welcome Beatles to Washington. Must be about five feet high and 20 feet across. It was at this point that our broadcast lines broke. In any case, it was a sellout performance at the Washington Coliseum long before the actual performance. 9,000 Beatlemania-afflicted fans screamed and stamped so loud and for so long that the din was indescribable. We asked Beatle John Lennon about his reaction to their enthusiasm. Try and play it What normally happens is that when sort of the girls are screaming, people notice it more, I think, you know, that it's a different kind of audience reaction to the one you normally get. So everybody sort of points this out more. But it, it definitely helps to, to swing a show along if the audience is going like, a bump, like it was last night. We enjoy it, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's the, it's the young people's way of showing their appreciation. We love it. Ringo Starr told us of their plans for next year. We go to Australia, and we go to Israel, and uh, South Africa next year, and we also have a holiday. In fact, this was a holiday, so we got booked for America. 
After the concert in Washington, there was a reception for the Beatles at the British Embassy in the capital. It was a costume ball, and the Major General attached to the Embassy staff actually donned a Beatle wig and mask to everyone's amusement. Embassy press attaché Frank Mitchell was quizzed by Radio Pulse Beat News correspondent Bill Healy on the Beatle reception at the staid British Embassy. I think they're, uh, I, I think they're, they're fine. I, I think they're a riot. <laughs> I know that they've given me more work to do than I've had at any time since the Queen of England was here seven years ago. Mr. Mitchell, I know you're a diplomat. Can I tell you sort of a diplomatic curve? One wit said that the Beatles were the British payment for the Sky Bowl. You think there's any validity in that? No, I wouldn't say they're the British payment for the Sky Bowl. No, no. Let me let us say they're the British payment for all that spam you sent us during the war. At the British Embassy party in Washington, we asked Ringo if he considered himself the sex symbol of the Beatles. Ringo, you've been called the sex symbol of the Beatles. Why? Joking. Oh, I've never heard of me like you lying. No, I'm... <laughs> 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 do, do you consider yourself a sex symbol in no, any... No, not at all. You, you can see me, you know I'm no sex symbol. You see my face. <laughs> at the British Embassy, along with reporter Bill Healy, we asked Ringo Starr if he anticipated the fantastic reception he had received in America. We never expected anything like this, you know. How do you compare this to, to your European receptions? Um, it's pretty similar to England. It was different in France because the 78% of the boys were um, boys, you know, of the audience. <laughs> Hello, Robbie. Uh, why were 78% of the audience boys? Because only 24% were girls, 22%. <laughs> Is this your pen? 22%. I made a mistake. One for next little puddle here. Ringo, do you like all this attention? Um, I like it when I'm on stage. <laughs> the Beatles returned to New York for their doubleheader concert at world-famed Carnegie Hall. It was a huge success, with thousands being turned away. You can judge the success from this crowd reaction after the show. They're really alive. Great they put on a great show. They really worked very hard, and they put on a really spectacular show. You were all jumping around and carrying on. They're great, they really are. They're really great. What makes them great? They're talent. They've got a lot of talent. They've got a gimmick. That's what did it, I think. They've got a gimmick? What, what do they do that's different from other performers? They don't take themselves seriously. They have fun. They make more money. they got a lot of presence on the stage. They really act as though they belong there and know what they're doing. They're not too impressed with themselves. No, they aren't. They, take, they don't take themselves seriously, and they're so casual. What? They're really casual about the whole thing. Hello, this is Malcolm Evans, road manager of the Beatles, saying stay tuned to Brad Rudy's complete coverage of the Beatles. The Beatles flew to Miami Beach for their only other American commitment, another Ed Sullivan show emanating from the Deauville Hotel. The exuberance of their greetings at New York and Washington, D.C. did not compare to the wild scene that welcomed the Beatles at Miami International Airport. Screeching, screaming, and squirming teenagers broke through barricades and wreaked havoc as they tried to reach their idols. Windows were smashed, doors broken, and chairs demolished. A police escort was needed to allow for safe passage of the two limousines carrying the Beatle party to the Deauville. Several teenagers were injured in the Beatle front battle, but none of these casualties suffered any serious wounds. The warm weather affected the Beatles in the same way that it affects most everyone else, and they seemed pleasure-bent. 
Paul McCartney describes a typical day in Miami as Radio Pulse Beat News picked this up. We went out on, the, on a yacht today, you know, we sort of bathed around a bit. Very good at this. Road manager Malcolm Evans elucidates on another Beatle day. After the rehearsals in the afternoon, they went to a private swimming pool and did a bit of swimming. And in the evening, the police sergeant, who was in charge of the security for the boys, invited them to his home for dinner. And the boys were really glad to accept, you know, sample some American cooking, home cooking. We asked Paul McCartney what plans they had while in Miami, and this is what he answered. Uh, get a bit of sun, try and get healthy. While in Miami, they spent much of their time on private boats and relaxing and had so much fun that they extended their stay for an additional four days. In order to do this, the Beatles actually had to stand up the Prime Minister of Great Britain. They missed the luncheon appointment with Lord Hume in order to remain in the States for a few more days. We asked Beatle Road Manager Neil Aspinall how they felt about their reaction in the United States, and he told us. Marvelous, you know. You know, well, we've never had anything like it before, you know. Uh, has the weather been anything of a surprise to you? No, we thought it was going to be like this, but, you know, I think it still was a surprise anyway, you know. Have uh, the reaction of the crowds throughout the country, uh, here in Miami and Washington, New York, surprised you at all? Yeah, they have. We didn't think it was going to be anything like as big as it was. We flew back to New York with the Beatles and sat with Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, John Lennon, George Harrison, and press and road managers Brian Somerville and Neil Aspinall. Here is how the conversation sounded aboard the Beatle plane. This is Ed Rudy about the Beatle plane now departing Miami International Airport for New York. How long after we land in New York will you be leaving for London? Uh, half an hour after we land, we'll be flying out again. Yeah, well, that's pretty fast. And, and will that include the press conference and all? Yeah, that'll include the press conference as well. While you were in the United States, what sort of reaction did you get wherever you went? It was great, you know. And, uh, are you anxious to return? Are you, are you anxious to return here? Yeah, but we got, you know, we're booked up in sort of Europe with engagements and things, so it'll be a long time before we can get back. Has the reaction of the crowds, the teenagers and adults been very similar? Uh, to what you've experienced in Europe prior to coming here? Yeah, very similar to what's hap what happens to us in England, particularly, you know, not so much the rest of Europe, but England, definitely. You know, just great, you know, the big crowds and all that, you know. I, I'm rather surprised that uh, nothing unique at all, not, nothing that made you laugh, nothing funny. No, sort of hundreds of funny things have happened, but, you know, I just can't think of any sort of one at the moment, you know. About Apart from things, be, about things being unique, well, everything in the States has been sort of unique to us all, you know. How about the kids trying to break into the, what I like to call the uh, Beatles Sweetle <laughs> over at the uh, uh, three different hotels that you stayed in? Yeah, well, they do that in England as well, you know, so we're sort of quite used to that. But we were sort of well protected over here in the States yeah. by the police and things, you know, so none of them got through. I, I was talking to uh, the police captain, or actually the chief of police, and he told me you received the exact same type of protection that a visiting potentate or chief of state receives if uh, de Gaulle or the uh, Queen of England came to the United States. Uh, they would receive no more or less protection than the Beatles did. 
oh, well, we didn't know this, he didn't tell us that, you know. But, I don't know, what can you say, you know? Well, that, that, that's pretty unique in itself. Uh, I, did, were any of the kids actually able to uh, break through the police guard and get to any of the fellows? No, none of them did. Not at any point? Not at any point at all. Some of them tried, you know, some of the ideas they come up with are marvelous, you know. And often if the idea is sort of good enough, you know, we'll say, you know, if you've got the brains to think up something like that, we're going to see them, you know. No, I uh, know that some kids climbed over a seawall in the back of the Doville, very high, in order just to get into the hotel. And they were nowhere near you anyway, but they really went to the trouble of climbing over this great big high seawall just to maybe get a chance to look at the Beatles. Isn't that fancy? I, I imagine that would kind of thrill all of the fellows. This is the first we've heard of it, you know. And it is, you know, it is good, but kids were doing that type of thing all the way through, you know. We flew back to New York with the Beatles as the only American newsman to complete the entire Beatle tour. As they entered their London-bound flight at New York's Kennedy International Airport, Ringo acted as spokesman for the group, and this was their final statement in America. Oh, it's fantastic again, you know, it's marvelous. Great, you know, it's marvelous place. We hope to come back as soon as we can. We did, however, manage to record a telephone conversation with Beatle George Harrison, and he gave us a great many inside facts and interesting information about the Beatles. This is John Lennon of the Beatles saying, stay tuned for Ed Rooley's exclusive coverage of our American tour. Stay tuned, kids. You're listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And that there was the American tour with Ed Rudy, side one. We won't actually hear side two, but that was in honor of Daniel Johnson, who passed away this week. Right now, to end the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, I thought I would play some Skating Polly. Thank you, Skating Polly, with Hey Sweet. Also, I'm going to play some Rita McNeil with Born a Woman and possibly Need for Restoration as well as Pugsley Adams, Man of the People. An EP. And this is actually when I'm looking right here at an LP by Rita McNeil. It's from 1975. And we're going to hear Born a Woman. And this Pugly, Pugly Adams is actually from 2003. It's a collection of like, well, actually, it dates back to 2003. But it's a whole bunch of stuff that you haven't heard. In fact, this actually is going, actually, it goes back to 2006. This Pugly Adams, Man of the People LP. So right now, here is Skating Polly on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Wow!
Crush your ugly girl, cause I'm just silly studs Getting beat with Billy Club for selling Diddish dubs and in the city pubs Man, we do this for the love And to make your heart stop, we excel Keep me laced up like hot tops For the way I just be riding a rip It's like face first down the side of a cliff So stop talking to me, cause I don't speak itch But talk with my hands like ventriloquist Why you acting like you're a gorilla pimp You don't work corners like final calls and bean pies I salam my I'ma take them And leave them shaking like fault lines So think twice before contesting You get fucked up like no hands Immaculate conception The man of the people Newly elected Hugs at all Man of the people Here to show you what's real and who's see-through It's Pugs at all Man of the people Acrobat presidents and here to defeat Hugs Adam, oh, man of the people, oh, oh, to the beat and it said it didn't feel it's you. Hugs Adam, oh, man of the people, Lee Adams. 
rep Chicago's toughest. Who burns the dirt like Roy and Niners with nuggets. So if you trip, you get handled like luggage. Cause I'm one of the best. That bring your words to your chest. So watch it chick. Cause I'm known to take birds from they nest. Let that soak is a get rewind button. Something to quote. Yo, kid, I'm not dope. Cause I can be treated in sinners. I'm deadly cause I like to bring careers to the ending. We can go written for written till your drunken courage is sober. Or come off the top like please pull over. When punks touch controllers, ref scream game over. Cause I came to torture soldiers and feast on beats. I beat on streets and feast on thieves. Not living right like left hand is cheap. Pugs stay moving the crowd while you got them in handcuffs like defenders. So get your hands up like attendance for the man of the people keeping it vintage. What y'all talking about? Pugs at all. Man of the people. Here to show you what's real and who's see through. It's Pugs at all. Man of the people. Acrobat presidents in here to defeat you. It's Pugs at all. Man of the people. I talked to the beat and it said it didn't feel you. It's Pugs at all. Man of the people. next years are going to be When I was young To make my life An interesting one I'd worry later Where my life would lead me But first to improve My outer image Yes, something else Had come my way It blocked my mind And it took away The confidence To just be me And see me Through my and it was more than a feeling, more than in my mind. To be born a woman, you quickly learn. Your body will be their first concern. And the media they've done so fine exploited our bodies and they buried our minds follow their line and you're sure to be another brainwashed member in society with a wonder bra to improve your figures and girdles designed to make you five pounds slimmer cover girl to improve your complexions oh don't offend population and it was more than a feeling Small. 